1: G'day, guys. Welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by Blue Wealth Property. Make sure you reach out to Tony and the team. If you'd like to get involved there, they make investing in property easy for you. Also brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. We've got the mid-strength on today, full-strength as well, also available courtesy of Kempe. Uh, slip to your local this weekend. Check on the website where they're available and get stuck into some bloke for... Grand final week, the best week of the rugby league calendar, unreal stuff, joined by my co-host once again, Timmy, welcome back for the final time.
2: Mate, five months without your dribble week in, week out. I'm just, I'm You'll be for begging
1: us. for me next week, I can already <laughs> fucking see it, 100%. <laughs> now, we got four teams to review today and give a quick little preview for 2023 uh, for the big dogs. Now, we're recording this a couple of weeks before the grand final. Parramatta Cowboys Sharks Penrith today Uh, Are we both calling that Penrith will be playing this weekend in the GF?
2: It'll be a Raiders Panthers grand final mate So I've already got my ticket booked actually I said on last week's Delayed podcast for the prelims that I was going to get it last week I've actually gone and booked it straight after this podcast So uh, ready to go mate I'll, I'll see yeah. you there
1: Tell you what, the nation's capital might be dealing with the worst three week hangover of all time <laughs> At the moment I've got the Panthers I've got them playing the Sharkies this week So we'll see how that plays out If I'm on the money or not You've
2: got Penrith playing Sharks
1: Grand final, yeah And the Sharkies have been a little bit underappreciated at yep. the moment
2: I, I like, I like Penrith The Roosters, but I haven't done the maths if they would come against it. I suppose it'll depend on results, won't it? But it'll depend on week one of finals where they come up against each other. But I'm going to say the Roosters, if they don't clash with Penrith, that'll be the grand final. I think the Roosters would have been gone two weeks ago against South Sydney.
1: Anyway, we'll stop having the most ridiculous fucking conversation (laughs) of all time for you guys. Yeah, ridiculous. We'll leave it there. Um Jump back in the time machine, back to now.
2: Stupid until one of us gets it right. 100%. Genius. Great. Uh,
1: Parramatta. (laughs) Plenty of guys here, a stacked Supercoach team. Not a heap of disappointing guys, realistically. Uh, The best guys, Isaiah Papali'i. He was the best forward in 2021. Uh, Is there a fair argument he was the best in 2022?
2: What what an unbelievable rise in both, obviously, NRL and then in Supercoach. Like, we thought... Came out last year and averaged 67, sorry, seven seventy-eight 78 per game And backed it up this year with 79 per game And last year we were looking at his 70, 78 per game And going, gun, but a lot of tries in there You know, you'd want to pay, you couldn't pay top dollar for him to start this season Because the tries will have to drop down They didn't mate. He came out and bettered his season average Scored, for, like, didn't score for the first five, six weeks of the year but was still punching out big numbers over 50 in base what a like what a gun i'll
1: tell you what if we're having this same conversation in a year's time and he's gone 79 at the tigers mm. i'm putting him in the fucking immortal conversation <laughs> he yeah. cannot possibly keep this up going yeah. to the tigers i will be so impressed mm. if he does mitch moses and dill brown the paramount halves what a season these two have had it's been the real coming of age season for dylan brown you had him for part of the super coach season Been unbelievable, these two. And when we talk about Dylan Brown, we have to talk about his little uh, partner in crime, little, the giraffe, the walking giraffe, Mm. Sean Lane. Another one you had I've been so jealous of all year. Dylan Brown and Sean Lane, I think it's been one of the best pairings you could have possibly come up with in Supercoach this year.
2: Mm. Yeah, them three, three of my better trades from the season, starting with Dylan Brown, and there was a lot of people earlier in the year in that 5.8 category that were anywhere from 4 to sort of 500K. There were like Sean Johnson's, which sounds ridiculous now, but people traded about at Sean Johnson's, uh, Luke Kearies, and a few others in there. And it was a real, a real divide. End up landing on Dylan Brown, thank Christ. Uh, Brown went absolutely nuts, did a really good job for me. I'd traded in Mitchy Moses around three or four. Had a really good run with him. And Sean Lane, who's a bloke, I, I just never saw myself trading in even when he was playing decent minutes he just had a real career year for me after being solid for a number of years he turned into a star uh, ended with a season average of 69 points and I think if you take out the early stages of the season I don't have the numbers in front of me exactly but the last probably 12 to 14 weeks it would have been around 80 plus because he was and that's when most people were obviously trading him in so it was a revelation and because of his attacking upside, you know, I wouldn't mind. I could see myself potentially starting with him next year.
1: So could I, mate. I remember watching games this year <laughs> with Sean Lane and thinking, oh, "Okay, he was pretty quiet there, mm. seventy every week."
2: And it you mentioned, but it's no shock that it coincided with the year that Dylan Brown had. Yep. And we often talk about how how much the the back rowers and the wingers benefit outside good direct ball running halves like Dylan Brown, like Kieran Foran, because they just create so much space for them and they really isolate the uh, the, the depend, defending half on a big lanky back row. I like Sean Lane. We've seen Luke Kiry did it for uh, Angus Crichton in the back end of the season. So a lot of what Lane did was with thanks to Dylan Brown. Also
1: helps out too. you got Sivo out on the sting. Like mm. your, your defence can't shrink in. Yeah. You've, you've got to hold your man there. So... Yeah, Parramatta, such a good supercoach side. If we had to pick most disappointing this year, as much as he wasn't overly relevant, Reid Marnie, a little bit of a down year, had periods where he wasn't playing the full 80 minutes, not a great year. Junior Bolo, now, uh, you look at him and you look at his skill set and you go, he must be a supercoach
2: weapon. But he's always a little bit disappointing when it comes to supercoach, realistically. He's a little bit similar to Aden Fanua Blake in Mm. that he's got the motor to play big minutes. You know, he can bust a few tackles You've got one of the best offloads in the game. But just one of them plays that, for every, whatever reason it is it just doesn't seem to happen. And then he always goes on just three, four-game stretches where he might find some attacking stats or he just punches out monster base and you're like, if he keeps this up, wow. Just never happens. And then he goes on to average 50 points. So a little disappointing. He'll start cheap next year, but yeah, i to have.
1: Now, guys that we're looking at for next year, 2023, Parramatta Eels, obviously they've had a few changes, or they will have a few changes. IPAP obviously going to the West Tigers. Uh, so, is, uh, And Reed Marney going to Canterbury, so they'll lose their nine and their back rower. Uh, Ryan Madison, he becomes interesting. And geez, he went through parts of this year where he was the absolute terminator coming off the bench there. You could lock in a 65 off the bench, which was crazy. It'll be interesting to see what they do here. I think one of Madison or Hopgood will become mainstayers. I think Madison, no matter where he is, He'll get through enough work. Hopgood, I could see him becoming the 13 at the Parramatta Eels next year. I've spoken about him. I'm very, very high on Jermaine Hopgood coming from the Penrith Panthers. So two guys there to watch. I think Hopgood, he played 60 – I think he played 70 minutes or something last week for the Penrith Panthers, scored 67 supercoach points, essentially all in base. Got over the line and dropped the ball. So I definitely think he's one to watch. I think we'll have a lot of conversations about him. Madison. Do you play him at 13? Do you play him on the edge to replace Ipap? They've lost near as well. The depth has been hit. Where do you see Matto fitting into this side next year?
2: I like him on the edge, mate. I just think he's a fantastic line. He runs a terrific line. It just opens him up to... to, Sounds funny. It doesn't open him up to ball play more, but it it, it opens him up to more attacking ball playing, like a a bit of a Wade Graham, where he's got enough creative now so that he can create things on the edge. When he's at lock, it's a completely different ball at yep. role because you're the link man, which is, as we know, not good for supercoach because it eats through your, your, your base stats. I just think he's too good a strike weapon um, to keep in the middle. I like him on the edge. It will depend on, as you said, the options that they've got to play as a link man come next year, whether that's Hopgood or if someone else comes into the fray. But uh, I like Mato on the edge, but man, he's just such a terrific footballer that – it doesn't matter where he plays, he gets through his work, he offloads, he does find his way into attacking stats. And I think we saw this year, even when he was playing a 55, 60-minute role, he can still be an elite supercoach player. So minutes either way, it doesn't really matter.
1: The other one to keep an eye on and, uh, you know, yeah. it's going to take a few injuries, but Bryce Carr, right, the Cardi Party. Oh. With IPAP gone, with Nair gone, at the moment, I think he'll definitely be on the bench. And if something was to happen to Matto, I, I probably think that he would – he could potentially be the next man man up on an edge. So it's going to take a few injuries and stuff, but it will happen throughout the year at some point. So one to keep an eye on there as well, the Cardi party. Mate, let's move to the North Queensland Cowboys. And, um, mate, what a season it has been. Uh, hard to find disappointing guys. Easy to find your best. It's mm. a hot field. Drinky, uh, he's, he's been my boy all year. I've absolutely loved him. We both couldn't believe that Toddy Payton didn't have him in his plans. At the start of the year, he's got the very best out of him. Val Holmes, I thought he was playing out of position. And it's it's crazy a centre mm-hmm. that's not named Joey Marno, essentially, mm-hmm. that we just thought a few weeks ago. We have to get him in. There is no question. It's not very often that happens, right? Yeah.
2: Big time. What Like... That such a success story in the NRL that for obvious reasons has translated to Supercoach success. The Cowboys from being such a boring Supercoach side last year with no relevance to this year. Name a player and you can find someone who's featured in sides at all different times of the year. There was Tom Diddens for people early on. There was, um, for a very brief phase there around the early origin period, Hamaso tabuai Fido at a very cheap rate. Just plenty of exciting Supercoach players who had great years.
1: Uh, Reecey Robson was another one. He scored a fair whack of tries. I think he had a six-week period where Mm. he scored five tries. Uh, He was on fire during that period. Outside of that, when he's not scoring tries, he was still solid. Mm. Uh, But I definitely think those tries sort of helped him out a little bit. I'd be a little bit hesitant to go too heavy on Reecey Robson next year. But, mate, the people that owned him during that period... I was so filthy. He just kept finding the trial line.
2: Yeah, I had him. I'll get it up here, but it was, it was pretty close to that exact period. Hey, And then I sold him just after the try scoring run. And as you said, he didn't exactly continue on with the exact heights, but he didn't disappoint after that yep. period. So in the back end of the season where people were short on trades and couldn't make do too much difference, uh, he was damn good. So where was he? Robson got him in in round. I don't even know, mate.
1: Take your time over there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got I got rid of him in round 19, so just after that sort of yeah, try scoring run, round 19, and got him in in round
1: 12. Riveting. Um, speaking <laughs> of try scoring runs, for anyone still listening, where
2: are we up
0: to?
1: <laughs> speaking of try scoring runs, Jeremiah Nanai, what a fucking freak! No. I. I get a vibe that I'm going to love this guy's whole career but never own him. I just don't think I could do it. And he's Mm. going to keep on scoring tries and going on runs that I have no idea how he does it. He's just something else, this kid. But, mate, have you ever seen anything like
2: it? Wasn't it funny? Like, after you made his money this season, I brought him in round two. Ryan Madison did his hammy into Jeremiah Nanite, 343k. Did do his hammy, did he? Yeah, have I told you that yeah, one? Yeah,
1: right. Continue.
2: Mate, this doesn't go live for a month, so I won't have said it in at least a month.
1: <laughs> We're still trying to work out when you picked up fucking Robson.
2: Go. No. <laughs> um, got rid of Nanai about five, six weeks later for about 130-odd K profit. And I'm with you. Because he's always pretty well going to be over 500K now, I just obviously, I get the vibe I'll probably never own him because his base is so low. Yeah. But his attack was so... Like, Smashed oh, tri scoring. Did he break the tri scoring record for the Cowboys this year?
1: I think so. I think he did. He might have fallen one short. Yeah. He was getting very, very close. So to
2: he, it. Um, so attack reliant, but yeah, what a, what a wonderful year. Uh,
1: 2022, most disappointing, <laughs> mate. We've got a duck egg here. I, I honestly couldn't really find anyone mm. in this side. Like you had your, your Chad Townsends that didn't score overly well, Supercoach was, but like your Kyle Feltz, but we knew who they were going to be.
2: Oh, I've got one for you. Go. Peter Hicku. Remember earlier in the season, people were real high on Hiku. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, there were can, the people that I'd, were high on him. I remember because I remember the uh, the infamous Supercoach spy brought him in pretty early in the season. He was basing mid thirties for the first five rounds of the year. He was cheap at three sixty k and he was just yeah, baiting mad wasn't getting a lot of attacking stats the Cowboys were coming good so a few people flocked to him and then he finished up with bang on just about his season average every year 50 points
1: there you go Peter Hicko you we, fucking hack we got you. We, we got you. someone. Um someone still had a cracking season oh on yeah low, Peter Hicko fucking hell uh, now guys to watch in 2023 there aren't a heap of changes to this North Queensland South Cowboys side uh, Tommy <laughs> Gilbert will leave outside of that I think it's staying pretty stock standard you want to talk on Reuben Cotter, my boy. Be very careful. I consider Reuben Cotter family. So off you go. What do you got to say?
2: you got a big family, don't you? Him? Oh, massive. Ro- 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 None Ro- of them Ro- love me, but Ro- I love them. Ronald, Young Ronald Volkman. I think I'm one of your seven sons. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so 59 average for the season, 57-minute average. Now, if we're looking ahead to next year, it was obviously a career year for Reuben Cotter. Do we... How many minutes does he play in the Cowboys pack going forward as a fully fit from round one next year? Oh, I think he will play big minutes. I think big minutes, big base. Sixty-five minutes with one spell. He won't yeah, play eighty because he, he won't play eighty. But sixty-five with a fifteen-minute spell looks the go. Hay. Yeah, and I
1: also think he's one of those guys that he would, like as soon as they have a HIA or an injury, mm. Todd Payton won't even radio and say can Cotter play eighty. He'll just know I can just
2: leave him out. Tell there. You, yeah, the other thing with Cotter, like he's he's pretty well in He's not really an out-and-out lock, is he? Like, is he? I was going to say he'll be. Ju- he should. Will he get dual position? He will. We get front row, second row dual, which is huge. Yeah, so, surely so, he loses Hooker this year. He'll lose Hooker, but he'll be dual front row, second row, priced on a fifty-nine point average. Will
1: he is, get second row? Tamilaro has worn thirteen just about every game this year, hasn't he? I'm. Not, I'm not sure if he will get second row. He didn't wear a lot of thirteen, did he? He did. He, did he wear any thirteen? Have you got his? I,
2: I think regardless. while that's not. I, I No, he wasn't named in a 13 I don't think you'll get it then <clears throat> They're pretty black and white with To, that to be shit. honest, that, that doesn't worry me that much Because there's going to be so many good back rowers And yes. like most, there's, there's pretty rarely many good front rollers. Like you would be paying massive money for Joe Taffney He probably starts here in limited minutes So Cotter with a full off-season If he's fit and ready to go on a 59-point average He's going to be a real goal M one in the front row now, another
1: forward there that I like the look of, and I'm sure we all do, Luciana Lealua. Mm. Uh, you've obviously got Tommy Gilbert leaving. Um, Lukey will come back, but he's coming off. Was it an ACL for Lukey? I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? So he'll be he'll be in for a slow start. I also think, like, you look at this Cowboys side and you look at how fit and defensively strong they are after a big preseason. Mate, give Lealua a proper season at the Cowboys under Toddy Payton. He could come back as a fucking juggernaut next year. Uh, he'll probably come off the bench, but I'm confident he can play big minutes off the bench and they're only one e- one injury away from him being really relevant or during the origin period, Leilua could be fucking gold.
2: Yeah, and he could move in. As I said, he doesn't necessarily need 80 minutes to be relevant, but he could roll in and become an 80-minute back row if there's an injury or if he just kills in the preseason, which he may. And in the same mould as Reese Robson, he... Played some games in the front row this year. So he could be dual front row, second row. In fact, I think he probably will be. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so very handy. And, and said an injury or two, or maybe not even an injury Two, He could be a starter and playing big minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he
1: could just play his way into yeah. huge minutes. He's got that sort of ability. Yeah. Uh, and it, fuck, he was dangerous on that left edge. Who, who's, who's the left edge back row for the Cowboys? Has it been Gilbert for most of the season?
2: Gilbert for a lot of it. And then it was Leilor. Leilor. Yeah, so he might just year. be a starter. Yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, mate, Cowboys, will that do us for them? As we said, no one overly mm. disappointed side of Hiku, heaps of guns up there. Uh, let's move to the Sharkies. Really interesting side. We'll start with Nico Hines. He has been by far and away uh, the best player at the Sharkies this year and one of the best in Supercoach this year. Uh, I, I didn't see him going this. I thought he'd be good, but I didn't see him going this well, mate. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, put the hand up and say definitely got the Nico one wrong. There are a lot of people, at the, not a lot of people, I think most people were in the boat of he can't possibly match what he did at the Storm going to a side like Kanalahu, who, while we saw them improving, no one saw him coming second. Yep. Um, so Nico, and I had the odd person just saying he's a freak. They were like, oh, they'd seen him playing juniors in the halves. He'll make the transition easy. I'm like, fair enough. Like, you, you might be right, but I was like, I don't see it. Uh, and he's been... Arguably the best supercoach player this season Do you think? Yeah
1: Yeah, I, yeah right I, If he's not the best He'd have to be top three just
2: in, in terms of you know, He played 23 games There were very few low weeks He was such a safe captain He picked just about every week uh, You look at the back end of the year When other popular captains Like Nathan Cleary went down Ryan Pappenhausen was down He became such a lock safe bet every week uh, What an absolute season from him And Next season He'll be He'll be straight Half back So Let's say You're probably gonna have to start the year With Nico Hines And Nathan Cleary And that's going to be a An enormous chunk For the cap
1: Yeah I don't think There's any questions asked I think you have to go With those mm. two And I think the other thing As well that You know <laughs> We've spoken about Sam Walker a bit About how, how his goal kicking Has improved Nico's has improved Out of sight yeah. As the season's gone on Because Mate, there was periods there where he he wouldn't have hit water out of a boat when he was goal kicking. He was all over the place, but he's really
2: starting to hit some form there. So going through the top averaging players, um, leaps and bounds ahead of the rest in top spot, Richard Kenner, <laughs> averaged ninety one across his one game. Ryan Pappenhausen, um, the bloke who you've got pegged as being really cheap next year, he averaged ninety point three. <laughs> It's been a oh, long couple you're of days. A piece so. of shit. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, third place, Sean Russell. Uh, I was a Sean Russell owner for all of about thirty minutes. Averaged eighty-seven across one game. Nico was in fourth, so essentially second spot behind Pappy with an eighty-six point average. And then Latrell Mitchell stormed home with an eighty-five point average. Wow. So Nico, Pappy won. Nico two in terms of scoring. Very very impressive.
1: Now, mate, should we get into this? Uh, Cronala Sharks backline because there's four guys here that, depending on the month, week, minute play, they could be the best or they could be most disappointing. Mm. Mulatalo, Ramian, Talakai, Katoa. Um, We just had a little stat from Matty Buxton before saying that Talakai, he's got one try since the uh, explosion, I guess you could call it, uh, against the Manly Seagulls that night. Uh, So. I think Talakai's been a headache for a lot of people for the back end of the season. It, fuck, imagine if you missed that big game and then you brought him after that. And Like, he didn't do it poorly, but fuck, it's been a bit of a letdown. I think the, I've, I've mentioned a lot of times the infamous train ride where you talked me into Mulatalo, uh being an absolute weapon for the run home. He's been a little bit hit and miss. Ramian's been the same. And um, Katoa standing outside Ramian, I reckon he, he was probably the most frustrating, but he did really well. These four, they could fit into the best or the most disappointing. What's your well, what's your live reaction it, to it, these in guys? Terms,
2: <clears throat> in terms of the spread of scoring, and you mentioned how hard it was just to nail the right player to go well on his day. And I think this, to me, shows why the Sharkies are building to such a lethal side. Of the averages, Muli Talo, 61. Talakai, 60. Katoa, 60. Ramian, 59. So they just share the load. There's no... <clears throat> there's no dominant left edge, there's no dominant right edge. They just play footy across the park and the attacking stats can land on any of those four players. If it was a side like South Sydney where all of it went down the left edge and you you just go lock in the left edge wing of Ronaldo Molitalo and he'd probably average about 90. But they just share it across the board. So, And, and it was very hard to give advice on the Sharkies backline players all year because you're like, they're all guns, but they can all go 150 or 20, so... Yeah, going into next season, I don't see why that had changed. And, I mean, you have a look at the all the guys
1: that came in to replace those fellows throughout the year, whether it be Kay Dykes, whether it be Miller, <coughs> Ikavalu, Mate, none of them averaged under 50 points.
2: On top of those four that I just said averaged between 59 and 61, Ikevalu, five games for 65 average. Lockie Miller, six games for 63 average. They're all, just all sitting on top of each other, aren't they? Yeah, it's their, their depth is... It's unfair, to be honest
1: with you. It is just ridiculous. Mate, guys, to watch for 2023, we've got two back rowers here. The first one is Teague Wilton. uh, Showed at the start of the year just how talented he was. Probably think he's been a little bit unfairly treated uh, over there. Obviously, Wade Graham, if you've got a Wade Graham in your team, you have to pick him. But, man, I'm starting to wonder if Wade Graham is more of a bench sort of guy than a starting back rower now despite how incredibly talented and how good he's been for so long i always thought that edge was more dangerous and i thought talakai in particular was more dangerous whenever wilton was out there what are your thoughts on him heading into next season
2: you're spot on with talakai and wilton in that combination because teague wilton runs that just typical hard back rowers line yeah and it just creates space on the outside now wave graham's the opposite isn't he he catches early, he can ball play, he can kick him behind the line, but he doesn't exactly give players that space outside. So, Wilton will definitely bring that left edge in. <clears throat> I'm with you. I think we, we could see him starting next year and potentially Wade game to the bench. Average 60 minutes this year for 47 points. I think yeah. if he lands an 80 minute back row role, playing outside Maddie Moylan, and we see Nico play both sides of the field as well, he could be a really cheeky pickup on a 47 point average next year for round one. It's
1: almost with Talakai, the less you do is more. Mm. Well, I think with Wade Graham, he just tries to do a little bit too much with the ball and he gets to Talakai with just, just a l- little less time than what, t- what he needs. What will, Like, Wilton runs a brilliant line it makes it sound like I'm underappreciating that, but just keeping it simple for Talakai seemed to be what worked best for him. The other one is Britton Okora. Now... Fuck, he finished the season strong, scored a fair yeah. whack of try. I think he scored three on the weekend. Um, his form in the back end was incredible. And one thing from having him in draft that I noticed, and I don't know if it'll come through on the stats, but he, he does need attacking points to score well unless it rains. You go through his season, every time it rained, I was able to, to captain him in my draft team because he just gets 60 base yeah, stats all of a sudden. Right. It was bizarre every single time it rained what did he get against the dragons that night where a pissed rain at the start of the season it's like round six or round seven or something
2: round three against the Dragons, 67. all base with four it was 49 in base but that's like he had a season base of 43 so substantially up
1: yeah mate every time
2: it rained he was
1: unbelievable throughout the whole year whenever it rained he just went gangbusters (laughs) it was bizarre I sort of thought I was going crazy for the start of the year until it started to – it started to – yeah. And And you uh, can't plan around – I suppose
2: it probably plays around that they're – you'd argue probably the most expansive side in the competition, the Sharks, just throwing the ball willy-nilly from side to side – And that'd be a lot of Nicora getting cut out in the edge back rollers. But when it's wet, probably just had to do the hard yards.
1: Yeah, for sure. It it was crazy how it all sort of played out. But, yeah, scored a bunch. I mean, I remember watching him in the preseason and thinking, fuck, he's in for a huge year Mm. here. I think his consistency improved out of sight this year, Mm. but he didn't really get the attacking stats until the back end when he went huge. So, Britt Nicora, one to watch there. The the
2: other thing there, first season combination. I love seeing combinations unfold between edge back rollers and their halves. Yeah. Another a year under his belt, another full preseason outside Nico Hines. They could that could be something special for many years. Not
1: sure if you remember, but you actually nailed it in the preseason. He scored a cracking try off Nico Hines in the trial, and I sort of said, "I reckon he's going to explode." And you said, "I'm hesitant on him." It was Canterbury's (laughs) defense; they were all over the place, and I I thought, "Oh, this fucker! He's going to score five tries in the next (laughs) ten weeks." It took him forever to get a media. It was tough to watch. So, some of your best work there. Thanks, mate. Um, Penny Panthers. Another one, pretty hard to find disappointing guys, easy to find their best. Nathan Cleary, um, by far and away their best super Coach player. Good God, it was disappointing when he uh, got sent off when I had him as captain and then we missed him for the season. And the, the Nathan Cleary one probably didn't hurt us as much as others because we had trades up mm. our sleeve. But if you were running low, that one would have really, really stung you. Uh, the left edge, Taylor May, Isaac Tungo, Viliami Kikau. Wow. Wow. Three players in a row averaging sixty to low, oh, high sixties. Unbelievable. These three,
2: they were, and and I think probably Taylor May and I said Tungo were victims late in the season in terms of when looking at their final averages of not having Luai or Nathan yeah. Cleary because the, the whole Penrith attack and dynamic just changed. They played a lot through the middle. The ball movement wasn't there, and they had some really low scores, which really brought down their averages. But Mate, for, for debut seasons, effectively, they were just wonderful. And, again, I'll, I'll be pretty hard-pressed going against them to start next season.
1: Just same with Isaac Tungo, too, another guy that I had in draft. And, as you all know, I absolutely <clears> love this bloke. He finished with a 60-point average. And, you know, once again, as we know, the back end of the season without Luai really, really hurt him. Uh, I, I, like, many scores below his average there, 36-51, 39-53 to finish the season. Mate, in the first 10 weeks... He got nine tries taken off him as well.
2: It was mental.
1: Wasn't it was it? crazy. Every single week he got. There was about three times where I had him first try score and he got a try taken off him. It was unbelievable. So his score, mate. I, I I personally think that like he'll be at value next year at a sixty point average. I think he's he's, he's worth more than that. It will be interesting though, without Villiamy kick out yep. on that edge next year. Personally, I think it helps Isaac. I think it hurts
0: Taylor mate.
2: Yeah,
1: because you would quite often get Tungo running that overs line with out at the back. I, you know, without knowing who it'll be, I don't think Hoskins or Garner has the same upside. They as won't.
2: They Kikau. won't do that sweeping line out the nope. back.
1: Nope. And I reckon you'll see Isaac Tungo get a lot more just early clean yeah. ball. So he's a guy that I, despite his price tag, I think I will start with him next year. Mm. I really do.
2: Yeah, and then as I said, if it's t- even if Taylor May does keep scoring his tries, which is every chance on the wing for Penrith. Well, as opposed to Kikau setting him up a lot with those sweeping plays, it'll probably be Tungo. So yep. it's kind of like, you can nearly double down.
1: Yep. I, yeah. I'll be seriously considering, I'll definitely start with Tungo. I'll be seriously considering playing mm. both of them to start though. Um, who else do we have here? we spoke talking about and kick out He's obviously leaving. Now, probably the most disappointing, if we had to pick one from this Penrith Panthers side, we're both huge fans of him. We both had him by the end of the season. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of him after he embarrassed me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and I do hold a grudge. So watch yourself, Brian. Uh Oh, he has been an absolute super coach stud the last few years. Moved from the left to the right, found himself outside Stephen Crichton, which uh, is normally a tough spot to be (coughs) unless you say that week he's not going to score tries in which (laughs) Stephen Crichton will pass the ball like it's going out of fashion. But uh, Brian Toe, for what we know of him, um, base stats down a little bit based on previous years. That was the vibe that I got and obviously scoring less tries. Still finished with a pretty good average. He would have been close to 60, wouldn't he?
2: He averaged 60, yeah, 59. 59, mm. yeah.
1: Close to 60, not bad. Um, Not a terrible season, but by Brian Toto's uh, standards, a little bit disappointing. Shows how good this fucking team is that we're saying a CTW that scored 59 was disappointing yeah. though.
2: And averaged 84 the year before. So <laughs> that's why it was disappointing. And people started the year with him at that price. At 736 grand. We've spoken about how 2021, these high scoring records broken, et cetera, et cetera. And it was never quite going to be that high, but you definitely expected more. And it was just the victim of Penrith being just a left side dominant team, yep. and left side dominant. And you already touched on Stephen Crichton; he he really developed his ball playing in the back end of the year, but it just wasn't there for the majority of it. So he, he came back from injury and was a little bit slow to get going again um, earlier on in the year. Again, sixty average next season or hard to go past round one. Like it's very it's Just Penrith, they're so red hot, aren't they? And you're going to get some pretty affordable players, I think, next season.
1: Yeah, so to- is one that we'll be watching very closely for 2023. A couple of other guys. Kick our leaves. Um, the... Oh, I was going to say arguably, it's probably not arguably, the best row, the best back row bit of real estate in Rugby League. The left edge mm. for the Penrith Panthers opens up. A couple of guys, one guy that's already there, could be Scotty Sorensen. He'll put his hand up for that role, but I personally think Cleary will want to keep him off the pine. I think he's too good off the bench. All of a sudden, two guys really jump to mind for me. The first one is Luke Garner coming from the West Tigers, who I think he runs arguably the best line in Rugby League. He's incredible, Garner. And then Hoskins. Hoskins. A uh, young fellow from Newcastle who popped up at the Brisbane Broncos this year, signed by the Penrith Panthers as soon as he showed a little bit of promise in first grade. Uh, I'm not sure which way they go here, but whichever way they do go, I think I'd have either of these two on my side.
2: Yeah, I think, I think Garner's got to be the man. He's such a wonderful player, and he's had really, really great moments this year at the Tigers, who were an absolute travesty. So to go from the wooden spooners... To the minor premiers and potentially a week from when this airs, premiers again, Garner, he could be really, really good if he locks down an 80-minute role. And he's one that excites me. So what's he got for next season? He's coming off a... Didn't average much this season for obvious reasons. Also had his injury troubles, so had a lot of um, minutes reduced by that. Round 23, he played three minutes in that game. Round one, he played nine minutes. So he had a 41-point average, but that was in significantly oh. reduced. So at 41K, a starting, potentially 80-minute Penrith back row on the left edge. Bang.
1: And I'll tell you right now, if Garner is the <coughs> starting left-edge back rower for me, Isaac Tungo becomes almost a Mr. must-have.
2: Yeah. Because yeah, so that, that line he runs, he'll just be drawing him in, drawing him in, won't he? Yeah, it'll be lethal. Um,
1: I wonder if Kikau leaving, and I'm talking completely off the dome here, we haven't spoken about this, I wonder if out leaving and them not having that extra ball ballplay there, I wonder if Dylan Edwards starts to play a little bit more down that edge. He could be another one that could be interesting. Yeah. Because he, he predominantly plays middle and down the right, doesn't sweep to the left all that often. But if kickout has gone and they don't try and turn Garner or Hoskins, whoever it is, into that extra ball player. You might find that Dylan Edwards gets a bit more ball down that edge, which could make – that could add 15 points to his game every single week.
2: We're pretty short on decent fullbacks to consider, so like well, – but, but he will be a great little yeah. pod player. Yeah, partner, no, know like. for sure. And, and I see what you're saying, and there's definitely merit in it, but – God, I hope he doesn't start averaging 80 because I, I don't need more stress watching one of these fullbacks who so I don't know. I did it with Latrell for the last two months. Yep. I don't need it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, now, Abby Curacao leaves, which leaves a spot open in the nine jersey. Uh, you got Mitch Kenny, who was a skipper last week at Hooker. I think you'll have Sonny Luke coming off the bench. Uh, I think people will look at these two. It's a miss me on both of them. I think it'll be like a 50-30 split. Mm. Um, Kenny, I don't think he's got enough attacking upside to do enough damage in that 50. Uh, Sonny Luke's very talented. If something happens mm. that Kenny goes down and Sonny Luke ends up playing huge minutes, then we can have a conversation about him. But I think he will be very much so an impact guy off the bench. I don't think we should be looking at either of these two.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And We see, we see this often uh, at the start of Supercoach seasons where people see a cheap hooker they really need the sole role to themselves where they're playing, if not 80 minutes, like minimum 65, because anything less, unless you're really a gun attacker, you know, they might base 35-40, but that's all they get, mm. and it's, it's just not enough. So, and, and I think, for an example of someone like, we've seen Jacob Little cheap in past years and Jake Simpkin, and you go, oh, they're dirt cheap, they'll get decent minutes and score well. It doesn't happen. So I think one of them needs the sole hooking role, unless Kenny were to come off the bench, which seems unlikely, and it went to, to Luke. Um, yeah, that I think probably avoids.
1: Yeah. The last guy we want to touch on is Taruva. Uh, obviously, you got Robert Jennings heading up to the Dolphins, so he becomes next man up in that back line. I probably think he's jumped Charlie Staines. Personally there are rumours of Staines leaving anyway But Taruva he's just re-signed for a couple of years uh, Debutant of the weekend Tom Jenkins He's another one that I think he'll be there and thereabouts For next man up but I think it's pretty obvious That Taruva he is the next guy To come into this side and if he does get an opportunity uh, He will do Very very well there um, As we've said a bit, man, Best backline in the competition if a spot opens up there Regardless of where yep. it is uh, That'll be a great little get Anyone else at the Panthers that uh, Gets your interest mate All sorted, mate. All sorted. Uh, Guys, that will do us for beers and break-evens this year. Uh, Thank you for joining us. It has been an unreal little experience. We we will be back next year, bigger and better. Thankfully, we both did pretty well this year, ranks-wise and everything, which made it very competitive. Mm. Hopefully, it can be similar next year the cream can keep rising as it did this year for <laughs> old timmy that the ceiling's getting to work
2: out at home isn't it oh geez You're gonna be looking forward to this off season I tell
1: you <laughs> uh but guys special <laughs> shout out to blue wealth property um tony's come on the show a couple of times over the over the season and they have been sensational for us um yeah really looking forward to a partnership in the future with them as well and then we've got bloke in a bar as well get out this weekend grand final week buy yourself a Case of bloke, midi, full strength, whatever it might be, and uh enjoy the grand final on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to say Penrith by eight. What do you got? Without knowing which teams are going to be there. What Speaking do you got?
2: Speaking of uh, Cream rising to the top, mate, I think Penrith, uh, God, I hope this doesn't age poorly, but I think they're the best of the best, and I think we could see a grand final where they win by 14 to 18.
1: I like it, Nath Cleary, back to back lives. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like it. Uh, special shout out as well. Cheers to Matty the Water Boy. He has done some fucking hard yards this <laughs> year for us, and we appreciate him every week. We're always late or fucking around with times or doing something. He's been a champion, so thank you, Matty. Uh, thank you guys. We'll see you next year on Biz and break even. Cheers.